listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hello, friends. Today on the podcast, we have my dear friend, Laura Casey. She is a woman who has been using what she's got to change the lives of women in our generation for years. She has made tools and spoke messages and hosted events that have changed my life. And so I can specifically testify to how powerful and mighty and purposeful God is in her and through her. You're going to be blessed by this episode. You're going to be encouraged and you are going to be spurred on to get out of here and go do what God has asked you to do. It's okay. I'm, I'm just going to start crying right now. We're seven seconds into the recording and I'm already almost in tears. I'm very, very, <laughs> very grateful to be talking with my friend, Laura Casey. And I know so many of you consider her a friend to you as well. So, hey, Laura, you're the best. Thanks for being on the podcast. You are the best. I could say a million things right now, but we're going to move on. <laughs> we're both going to uh, move on because, yes, yeah, same. I, I could I could give like a 10-minute tribute. But, hey, here's what's crazy. Let's start here. So this morning I got up early. I was praying through the podcast episodes we were recording today. I, of course, just broke out in a deep, warm smile thinking about you, thinking about having you on the podcast. And I wrote down the words... Laura is a woman marked by radical obedience. Make me cry. I have seen you multiple times. I mean, in just so many different facets. Obey God when it doesn't necessarily make sense. And then I just so happened to watch your Instagram story while I was eating lunch and saw today is the 12 year anniversary of when you quit theater. Will you just just talk about that for a tiny second? I might bring up a few areas that mm-hmm. where I've seen you be radically obedient, but just talk about that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. As I was sharing a little bit about that story about how my life was on a totally different trajectory before, I really did not know the Lord very well mm-hmm. back then, but here's what I did know. I did know that my grandfather, who was a big influence in my life, he did know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't know what that really looked like and meant in my life or what it looked like for him and his life to run on mission, there was something he had that I didn't. And mm-hmm. he had an unwavering hope. He had this, I mean, you, you just mentioned the, the smile that came on your face. I think that's just the smile we get when we know we're going to be around people that love the Lord. Yeah. And that's the same smile that my mom actually texted me this morning. Today's the anniversary of his passing. And mm a day we celebrate his faithful life that changed all of ours. And she said, you know, Laura, I just have this warm smile on my face thinking about him and thinking Mm. about his life. And so to summarize that, he had this life that wasn't full of accolades or accomplishments or really anything that you would put down on paper, but he did have a quiet confidence that he knew his maker and that made him really happy and excited every day. It made him sing every day. And uh, I wanted that. And I was on a path to do theater and I went into my agent's office and I told them 
I don't want to do this anymore. And I walked out uh, of that office and I was very grateful that I had closed that door, but I had no idea what was ahead. So it's like funny to me to hear you say it was radical obedience. I, it's like hard for me to say that it was radical obedience in the way that I know it now, Mm. but it was definitely the Lord stepping in where I did not know how to step in. He does that so many times for us, right? right? Where he swoops in and he's like, you have no idea what I'm about to do in your life but I'm going to help you be obedient to something that I need you to do for the big picture of your life. Yeah. So that's where I am now. And that's a good word for sometimes we perceive this is radical obedience and sometimes we don't, you know, (laughs) sometimes we're like, Oh, it's maybe the next right thing. Or I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't know. I just don't think we always super perceive it. And often I think that's for our protection. (laughs) You know, exactly, exactly. That's what it is. I felt like I knew that I didn't want to keep going down that path of theater because for me, and it's not like that for everyone. There's so many women out there that do it and do it for the glory of the Lord. And for me personally, though, I just felt like God was saying, this is not right for you right now. Yeah. And I'm not going to reveal to you what is right for you, but I first need you to close that door. Yeah. So I want to speak to the things I've seen you be radically obedient in. First of all, you know, you and I, I sometimes feel like we're like dinosaurs on the internet. Like we've seen some stuff. (laughs) We've been around. We've seen a few things. We've seen a few things. Yeah. I will never forget that actually the day a friend of mine called me in extreme excitement saying, oh my gosh, Laura Casey just liked one of your Instagram posts. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me laugh. It was the best. And so, I mean, that was when, you know, you, you would get like, uh, just, you know, maybe 30 likes on Instagram. It felt like we, I've made it like I am, I am a big deal anyhow, but uh, because we're dinosaurs on the internet, I've seen you have your hand in a lot of different things. And so one of the most beautiful things that I've seen you be obedient in is this knowledge that things start and things end. So I've seen you start things and I've seen you end things and I've seen you carry on in things and, and not quit things. And to me, that's been the most beautiful. Mm -hmm. Also, one thing that I am, I've been so blessed watching you not only lead your businesses, not only lead your teams, but in leading your family is that you have never done it the way it's supposed to be done for the sake of doing it the way it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be done. You know, you've said, if we're going to homeschool our kids and run a business out of our home, that's how we're going to do it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) If I'm going to have this many hours to work (laughs) and that's not a typical CEO schedule, that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. And that has always blessed me. And I've always just wanted to hand that tool to other women to say, okay, let's say your life doesn't fit the pattern of what it's supposed to look like to be a small business owner, to be in ministry, to be an author, so what? Yeah. So what exactly? Yeah. It's funny. I I sit around a table with a group of gentlemen once a month and it's all Christian CEOs, like guys who really like almost brings me to tears to talk about it. These guys run on mission. And it's funny you say that about even just the hours and doing things differently. I mean, my business, first of all, is so vastly different than theirs. They're Mm -hmm. in like manufacturing all across the board, trying to even just get the people in their warehouses to know the gospel. And for me in this digital content 
marketing world, I'm also working essentially part-time hours. And like you said, doing homeschool. And it's interesting. Sometimes I feel the world's pull sitting around that table thinking, huh, do I qualify as a CEO sitting around this table if I don't work the same 12, 13 hour days that they do? And certainly there are days I work a lot longer, but sometimes I feel like not qualified for that. And then I have to come back to no, no, no. Hey, hey, Laura. Hey, all of us. The Lord didn't call you to a schedule. He called you to him. He didn't call you to some framework. He just wants you to do your best and cultivate what matters with what you have in each season day by day. And so that's where I think our lives start to look a little bit more unique. So when we start to really listen to that side of things instead of, oh man, I don't look like all these guys. Yeah. This is so different than the message of like, build the life you want. Like if you only want to work four hours a day, only do that. And I'm not, I'm not speaking against that knowledge or wisdom. I'm mostly just saying this is different than that. This is saying, you know, not what do I want to do, but what do I need to do? What am I born to do? What can only Mm -hmm. I do in this season? Which is what I feel like I've just, I've just seen you do with business and motherhood Mm -hmm. and leading your team. You know, I, I'm really grateful for that encouragement. I feel like it's a constant coming back to him to ask him how to do it in every Mm. season or every day, really. Yeah. And that's the cool part. It's not like we get into a rhythm with life or motherhood or business or anything. And we just kind of coast from there. Things are always going to change. And I was just thinking about this today, that the times when I feel like I have been walking with him, there's never like a perfect time, but The times I really feel like I've been walking with him have been the times that I don't look at life in extremes. So there have been many times in my life where I think everyone else is saying that they're working nine to five. I'm working like eight to six some days. There must be something wrong with me. But when I look at the Bible, they don't have their time schedules in there. But what they do have is a dedication to the Lord in all those hours, no matter what day it is or what time it is except for the Sabbath. But when I start to own that for myself and I realize actually I do work 16 hour days every day, but I'm doing work in motherhood. I'm doing good work. Like work gets such a bad rap, the name Mm -hmm. work. But I think that once we really own that and understand that we start to integrate the rest and these rhythms of life-giving work into our days. And it doesn't feel exhausting at the end of the day, you know, and it's not we're supposed to seek out comfort. We're not, but I like work. I like work for him. I don't like work when it starts to feel like I'm just striving for a number, but I like that. Yeah. I feel like something shifted in my heart in the last few years when I stopped identifying certain parts of my day and certain parts of my week as work and not work. Yeah. When I said it's all kind of obedience. Exactly. all abundance. It's all worship. Yeah. It's all worship. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, I was trying to find the words and you always have the words. I don't always have the words, the word. but that's when we kind of win, right? When we stop seeing, yeah. for a long time, when I was balancing motherhood and work, I would try to trick my brain. I don't know if you've ever done this, but when I was sending emails, I would say like, thank goodness I'm not doing the dishes. <laughs> and when I was doing the dishes, I would say like, thank goodness I'm not emailing. And yeah. I realized that wasn't even it. That wasn't even it. It was like, thank God I'm, thank God I have dishes to do. Thank God I have emails to send. You know, it's all worship. It's all abundance. It's all obedience. Even the rest and even mm-hmm. the quiet 
you know, it's, it's all worship. And then you, and then you feel like the most wealthy person in the world. You're like, yeah, it's, it's all, so it's all abundant. It is. I, I was actually watching with my husband, Ari, a, a parenting DVD. We're like trying to sync ourselves up on some mm. new strategies for parenting. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this DVD, they were talking about things that I teach in goal setting a lot, just yeah. things about neuroscience and the brain and how our frontal area of our brain is really this higher center that helps us to make good decisions and stay calm and not freak out about everything. And I was thinking about that with my work day too. It's like the more we can stay in that space of awareness of our emotions and giving those emotions to the Lord to just say, Hey, what do I do with this feeling of anger or frustration or hardship in my work or my motherhood or whatever it is, the more we can stay there, it really does become worship throughout whatever we're doing. I think when it starts to get off kilter is when we go into, and I'm not a neuroscientist, but whatever that other center of our brain is where we're kind of in lizard brain mode, that is the time when I feel like, um, I am working with a lowercase W that does not include worship. When I don't have enough space or time to be able to make a decision that's focused on the big picture, that's when it starts to get tricky. And sometimes you got to do that like super fast, right? Like things will come at you every day. But if I can just stay in that space of awareness that the Lord is actually with me all the time and available for me to ask for help and ask for discernment, it really does become worship because then I get to give them all the credit for it. Yeah, so good. Okay, now let's back up and let's tell people what does your work look like? <laughs> all facets <laughs> what do I do? of it. Yes, because yes. M- most everyone I'm assuming knows, but if they don't, I want them to be filled in. Yeah, and I will say in this season, my work looks like discipleship. I've just felt the Lord telling me all year long to train leaders, train leaders, train oh. leaders. And it's good work. It's hard work. And it is so gratifying to see him at work in it. So I don't sit here as the CEO of a business calling shots. I am trying to help women and myself, like I'm getting discipled in the process and myself to rise up and make decisions that are kingdom decisions in a secular work world. And it's beautiful. So beautiful to see what the Lord can do. So that's what my work looks like from the big picture. Mm. But on a daily basis, I am mostly working with our leadership team. So it's a small team. We have 10 women that I work alongside and I'm working with our leadership team to equip them to equip their people and their various departments. Mm. I'm teaching some too, but really this has been a year for me of pulling back a bit to be able to push these other women forward into not just leadership roles. Cause it's not about our company. It's about them using their gifts and mm-hmm. finding God. Not so that's where I am every day. And then I, as you are doing now, the homeschool fun, <laughs> yes. um, I am shepherding hearts and it's such a gift too. I feel like in this particular season, it's been really good, especially in the hard times with work to be able to share that with my kids and yeah. to show them that mom has emotions and here's how I'm dealing with this. Here's yeah. how I'm praying with it. And it's cool. So like you said, it all kind of becomes one when you don't try to separate everything out and feel like you have to put everything in a box. You don't, right. It all just melds together on the days I don't have lizard brains. So yeah, yeah. lizard brains real though. <laughs> real. 
It's real. It is a thing. Oh man, that's good. So specifically your small business is called Cultivate What Matters. Correct. And here's the, here's the only, like, I have to just, I have to testify to God's goodness through your work. I think for those of us who make products, for those of us who do anything in the world, right? Which is all of us is what I'm saying. You know, we say, go and tell gals a lot. We say, we start our meetings by saying, let's change the world because there's no doubt that we're going to today. Even if we move into the world with complete neutrality, we're shifting it and changing it with their neutrality. We are all changing the world one way or the other, hopefully for the better when we're intentional and accessing God's power. So two um, products that you've put into the world that have literally changed my life that I just want to testify to. First being making things happen. Your two, it's two day conference, correct? Yeah. I didn't yeah. think it had shifted since I came. I attended in 2014, fall of 2014. So six years ago, probably right around now. Maybe it was October. Wow. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. Oh, October yeah. 2014. And at that time, our family's sole income was our print shop at the time called Naptown Diaries. And I had some stirrings and some spinnings in my heart about publishing. Did not have an agent, did not have a book deal. Went to making things happen really just with my eyes open and my heart open to what God was doing. And you and your team and the process that you've created in making things happen led me to a place where at the end of the conference, I was able to stand up and I'm just now, just now able to repeat some of the things Mm. that God let me say in front of that group of women and a few men, I think who were at that event where I stood up and said, I don't think I'm a shop owner. I don't think I'm an artist. I don't think that's supposed to be my, my main gig. I think I'm supposed to write books and teach the Bible and I've chills. Yeah. And be, Uh, The word specifically God gave me is be a prophet for our generation. And I remember feeling like, well, no one should ever say that out loud. (laughs) Who do you think you are? Um, But I knew that's what God was saying. And I knew he was saying that this isn't about you. This isn't about your kingdom. This is going to be hard. You're going to have to continually repent through writing and through teaching the word. And you're going to have to go first and you're going to have to say what you're learning and say what you're doing wrong. And this is going to be the way that you do it. And Laura, I just, I'm just counting the fruit with you to say that was, that was November or October, 2014. And we're sitting in November, 2020. I have just started writing my eighth book. Oh my goodness. Span of time. Right. You know, and I, and there was just, and my small business is now finally, you know, six years later, (laughs) actually coming to a close. And I feel so obedient and I feel so clear that it it may have genuinely taken six years for me to kind of flesh this all out. And I know it's going to take me decades to keep fleshing it out, but I'm just, I just want to give honor to that process that you created that Mm -hmm. I, I was one of a few hundred people in the room that day that I know got to access God's vision and plan for their life. And, and you've kept doing it and you have two of us a year (laughs) doing that same thing. And then the other product, which anyone who's listened to my podcast has probably heard me talk about. If you know me in real life, I've probably bought you a set and that's power sheets that cultivate what matters put out. And I, you know, I am always telling you, I want you to run the numbers and see if I bought the most sets, but I really don't (laughs) want to know if I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yes. But I'm going to get you a, a trophy for your desk. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> About every November, I just start gobbling them up for my friends mm -hmm. and my every employee and any woman in my life that, you know, that I know is ready to dig in. The power sheets are such an incredible tool to help women steward what they've been given. And I'm so thankful for both of those. Friends, if you haven't nice. bought power sheets, you guys still have some for this year, correct? We do. We're sold out almost. I think today we will sell out of one of the colors, but yes, we okay. still have some. I'm going to try to get this podcast episode up quick so people can hear this. If you have not utilized power sheets, girlfriend, you've got to. And if you haven't been to make things happen, what an incredible opportunity just to get with God and get with a bunch of women who have gone through this process that is really structured and sound and, and a beautiful place for you to hear from him. Well, it's really encouraging to hear your story and all praise to God because it isn't it cool to see how you probably wanted those things to happen overnight, even though they were yeah. super scary and hard to say out loud, yeah. but they didn't, they didn't. Right. It took years right. for God to materialize those things. Uh, yeah. And I just think we all need to hear that. Like yeah. we all need to hear that it's okay to have a dream and for God to put something really strongly on your heart and for him to take his time working it out in his ways, in his time and preparing you to write these books and preparing you to lay the business down. And just for me personally, it's just been beautiful to watch, to be on the sidelines and cheer you on and to see the Lord closing doors and opening up doors. Praise the Lord for that. It's awesome. Mm, I'm so grateful. Okay. So tell me something that's challenging about this season of leading these leaders. Yeah. You know, I was thinking a lot about this. I think what's challenging about leading leaders is you have to follow the Lord. And that may sound like so simplistic, like, duh, of course you have to follow the Lord, but there is such responsibility put on us as teachers. And we're all teachers in some way. Whether we're teaching toddlers or teaching a skill at work or whatever it may be, it's less about the knowledge we're teaching, which of course we want to be very sound and more about the way we're teaching it. So I am like probably many of the folks that are listening and maybe you too, Jess, where I feel like I can see something that needs to grow in someone and I want to instill it in them like osmosis, like overnight. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I want them to feel the freedom that comes with knowing that their worth is not their work and to know that the Lord has placed these gifts in them. And just like your story so beautifully illustrated, it takes time. And so I think what's hard is what will always be hard, which is, having patience and knowing that I am not the one who will make things grow, that all we can do is plant seeds of faith and lead by example and come back ourselves to be led. And so there are things that I am very intentional about doing to make sure that I am fueling myself in order to give God away. And that takes sacrifice. It yeah. takes cuts in what I'm spending my time on. I could read all kinds of business books. I could go to conferences or do whatever, but the most important thing that I can do is live my life for the Lord to the best Ooh. of my ability. Yeah. yeah. And the only way that I can impart to the, not just the women I work alongside, but to anybody, and I will never do this perfectly, but the only way I can impart to someone what it looks like to have a hope that never fades, just like my grandpa that I told you about, is to have it myself. So I got to be discipled every day. <laughs> so that's yes. what's hard and it will always be hard. And I'm grateful for that. 
I mean, I see this in my teammates and I just the last week we were in a leadership summit and I looked over at one of my teammates and I said, she was going through a difficult season spiritually. And I said, you know, I hate this for you. I hate that you're having to go through this hard time. And yet I love it for you because the Lord is producing gold in the fire with your soul right now. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to see things grow and growing pains and to experience them yourself. And it's also so good. Yeah, that's so good. I was actually coaching a team the other day, a team of employees. And again, just said the same thing. You know, they, they said, okay, some of us have different levels of time that we have to spend on this business each week. Some of us have an hour. Some of us have 10 hours. Some have, you know, 20 hours. What's the mm-hmm. most important thing that we need to make sure we're working on? And I was like, yeah, do you have time with Jesus? That's the best thing I can tell you. If you had three hours yep. to work on your business, I'd say spend an hour and a half of it with God. Yeah, because absolutely. and and even if you're if even if you're an employee, even if you have a leader, you are leading. You know, and I and I know that not everybody's job they're like invited to have a quiet time. I totally understand that. And yep. I think that means then we just have to be intentional ourselves to to set that time yeah. and yep. to crave it. Now, another thing I want to just hit on that you said is the patience and compassion it takes to lead people. Mm-hmm. I think we talk about leadership so much and it seems really tidy and fun. And I'm sure there are women who who might watch your Instagram stories or watch Cultivating What Matters and think like, oh, that's just, that's just the dream. I bet it's like campy and silly and sweet all the time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what we know is it's a lot of yep. compassion and a lot of patience. And a lot of crucial conversations. You know, I'm so glad you said that and invited this conversation because I cannot show on the internet what happens in real leadership no. for, for so many reasons because of other people's stories and it's just not my place to share them. It wouldn't be appropriate. What's so beautiful about what happens behind the scenes though. It's the same thing that happens in a thriving church community. It's, it's what, what happens behind the closed doors of a small group where you're seeing women who are, uh, hopefully, and we have this here by God's goodness and through lots of hard work, you're hopefully seeing people who trust each other because they trust God. So here, like just yesterday, we had a really tense meeting and not because we are tense with each other necessarily, but because we want so much to do good work for him. And there are always things that stand in the way of that. And there's never enough time. So we are constantly having to through, and I said crucial conversations for a reason too. It's a great book. It's a model that we use in our company. We're always having to have these crucial conversations, leading each other into a safe space to explore conflict and really step into that. And so I just, as you were saying, like women think it's all like happy camp kumbaya. I'm shaking my head like, no, it's not. (laughs) But it is probably the thing beside just one-to-one time with the Lord and time with my family, my kids, that gets me so excited because that's where I see the Lord at work. There's nothing better than seeing the resolution that only the Lord can bring the redemption that only the Lord can bring played out in business. Mm. And there are so many times I wish I had a camera for people to see that stuff, but you can't see what's inside of someone. Right. It's through those really, I could go on and on. So the answer is yes, you are correct. You know, very well as I do that real leadership takes the same things that 
a deep spirit-filled relationship takes. It takes constant forgiveness, yeah. constant compassion. And uh, the Lord produces fruit in that. It's so worth it. It's so good. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's so good. Okay, tell okay. me <laughs> tell me what small tips, tricks, tools are... You know what? I, 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 don't cut this, Chris. <laughs> Let me say it exactly how I'm saying it. I, I want to reiterate. It's cool. I want to go back. Hey, if you aren't hearing us say this... You know, I, I love to ask women, especially women who are carrying heavy loads, especially women that we look to online. I love to ask what tips, tricks, and tools, what's helping you do what God's called you to do. I want to go back and say, did everybody hear us say, though, the thing about spending time with God? <laughs> like, did you hear that part? Yes. <laughs> did you hear that part first? <laughs> because anything we're about to say on top of that is like cutesy. It's like fun. It's It's helpful. But what I know to be true for you and what I know to be true for me is that if somebody said, how do I grow? How do I lead leaders? How do I grow this thing? How do I grow as a leader? How do I get to the next level? You and I are both going to say, you need, you need Jesus. <laughs> you need time with God. That's the essential ingredient. Yes. Yeah. But what are the, the tips, tools, tricks that are serving you right now? So many things. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, though, relates to what we were just talking about with having time with the Lord during the day. And again, I'm not thinking like it's a kumbaya around the fire, quiet time in the middle of my workday. I literally right now I have my Bible open my, on my desk. There might be a moment where I feel like I can't make a decision about something. I have to stop. And my Bible's already open on my desk. There's yeah. a trick for you. Don't keep it closed. Right. Just open it up. Yeah. Open it up, start in Psalms, start mm. somewhere where you can really emotionally connect to the text if it, if it helps. I keep, keep that open on my desk all the time. So I have an alternative to, you know, getting on Instagram or whatever it is. The other thing that I was thinking about is what's called delayed productivity. My friend Diana told me about this and I just love it. Sometimes it's better to wait to make a decision because when you take time to be with the Lord or take time with him to look at the big picture, you may not need to do that thing that's on your to-do list. Wow! And so there are many, many times during a month where I think to myself, I cannot go spend a full day at my, you know, Christian CEOs group. I can't do that. I've got too much to do. And then of course, every single time I've been going for two years, every single time I go and I spend time in the word, I come back and I say to myself, half that stuff does not actually matter. Yeah. And so again, there are, so many circumstances where spending a full day, you know, digging into a spirit led business strategy curriculum is not going to work, but you know what? The word of God is living and active. It could be a single verse that you read during the day that changes the trajectory of your decisions. Yeah. So just keep that Bible open. The other thing that has helped me is having conversation with my team, this is very business specific, but a conversation with my team that is time when we're hearing the word, because like, we can talk about a lot of great principles, and all kinds of good stuff. This applies to your life too. But the only thing that really changes us is the word. And mm -hmm. so for us, we have five core values in our business, everything from the power of one to enthusiasm, things that we already embody that we want to amplify more in what we do. And we have a list of scriptures that is connected to each one of those core values. And we make sure we go through those every week. Mm -hmm. And it might seem like just, you know, a, a rote process of reading them out loud, but y'all, you know, then the word of God never returns without 
some good attached to it. So yeah. that is definitely helpful. And I think just anytime you can get the word into your work, whether it's emailing yourself scripture and boomeranging it to yourself every week, <laughs> yes, having scripture verses on your to-do list. The point is that the tip here, the trick is interrupt your thoughts, hmm. interrupt your thoughts because your thoughts are going to want to go everywhere. And I was just reading this in Lamentations 3, 22 through 25. I have it right here. It says, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. So it starts in our minds. If we can just capture our minds, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And the last part says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And all that just points back to our minds is where it starts. It all started with calling to mind mm. the goodness of the Lord. I love that. And that's what I want to do in my homeschooling and motherhood. I got to interrupt myself because I'm going to go all willy nilly with my thoughts otherwise. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Thank you. Okay, last thing is, can you just tell our gals how they can be praying for you? Oh, that is really kind. Just want to say thank you in advance. That is really, really wonderful. I would love prayers for, is it a cop-out to say I want prayers for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I This is going to seem like a big prayer, but why not? I really want prayer for women. I mean, like you said, you come to your meetings, you say, we're going to change the world. Let's start here with this prayer. Mm. I am praying and my team is praying that women will turn their attention away from things that consistently and constantly fail them. They're putting their hopes in accolades and accomplishments and titles and even in their goals. And those things are always going to fail them. Yeah. But the thing that will never fail them is him. And so my prayer but I, I also want prayer for this too, for me to turn, like the song says, turn my eyes upon Jesus mm -hmm. and the things of this world will grow faintly dim. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what I would love prayer for, for anyone listening to join us in that. Like let's help women to turn their eyes to the only one that can make them whole. I love it. Amen. 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 Thank you, friend. You are generous and wise and he is mighty in you. I'm so grateful for you. I am so grateful for you. Thank you, Jeff.